0: Joy, joy, joy down in my heart Down in my heart to stay
1: That's right, me and my, my friends here in the front, but uh, I know we love, we love to gather together and so, yeah, that's it, I should just come in the back there we can hang out and have some intimate fellowship, I love that. Boy, when's the last time that um, we had a Sunday the day after Christmas, right, you know, and so it's interesting, but I'm glad you guys are here, I hope that you're glad to be here in this place because as we do every Sunday, we gather to worship. We gather to worship God, and that's what it's all about. It's why we're created. Did you know that, church? We're created to be worshipers of God, and um, Jesus Christ himself has said that uh, the Father seeks those um, who would worship him in spirit and in truth, and that's what we'll do this morning. And we're going to worship him through um, the truth, the reading and preaching of his word. We're going to worship him in spirit as we join together in our hearts, and uh, feel free to worship the Lord as you are led. You know, um, we have freedom in Jesus Christ, amen, and we are set free in him, and it is uh, told us in scripture that it is for freedom that we have been set free. But in that freedom comes a freedom to worship. And so we are able to worship God as the spirit leads us. And some of us, we worship God raising those holy hands uh, and uh, others of us can just stand quietly and listen, and contemplate, and maybe just hear those around you. But however you are comfortable worshiping, let this be a time this morning where we can uh, come before God in the presence of others and uh, bring worship and honor and glory to our God. I'd like to um, to read from uh, the scriptures, and that will be our call to worship. And then we will sing songs uh, about our God together. And so uh, would you stand for the reading, the word of the Lord? And then we'll remain standing to sing together. This is from Psalm 63, the word of the Lord. O God, you are my God, and earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, and my flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we... We do, we we close our eyes and we bow our heads in reverence to you, but Lord, we also, we lift those hands, as you mentioned in your word, and we we, uh, express our joy. We express through words and through actions, Lord, our adoration for you. This day after Christmas, as we still are celebrating the birth of our Savior and and reveling in being with friends and family to celebrate Jesus. God, we want to continue in that this morning together. So may these songs of worship be a sweet sound to your ear. And Father, may we join together, join together hearts and voices to bring honor and glory to the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and your Son, And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Let's worship together, church.
0: no claim
1: kids make their way down the hall would you take a moment to greet one another just say good morning in the name of the Lord all right let's find our way back to our seats and uh, I love the fact that we can enjoy some good fellowship especially the day after Christmas so find your way to a seat and um, they're all comfortable I promise you and take one and um, Uh, and what I want to do is, is, um, before we dive into God's word together, which we love to do here at Trinity, um, just want to get caught up on a few things of what we call church life, what's going on in, in the life of the church, some things that have happened and things that are coming up. And so, um, you'll, uh, you'll notice that of course we do, uh, have three words here that are really important to us. At Trinity, our core values, and that is learn, grow, and serve. And I think it's important uh, to be reminded of this often, because this is how we pursue being disciples. That we learn the truth, we grow in faith, and then we serve, and we serve one another. And that service starts here in this room, in this building, in this body of Christ. And so we serve each other, and we we take that heart of service out to our community and the world around us. But it's about being a follower of Jesus. When you, when you make that profession of faith and believe in the Lord Jesus for your personal sin, and you believe in Jesus Christ and him alone to do that for you, you then begin that journey of learning and growing and serving. And then we repeat that process over and over. It is the journey of a disciple of Jesus. And so it is what we're all about here at Trinity. And so we're going to do some of all of that this morning, learning and growing and serving and even learning about serving. But uh, another way to just make sure you stay updated on what we're all about and things that are going on is to stay connected through our our simple um, text updates. So if you haven't done this already, you simply do that. And the information is on our website as well. But you just text the word join Trinity, all one word like that to that number 84576 and there's a couple of clicks and then you're in and so we like to to send updates about things that are going on it's also great in case of emergency if something happens you know because all of the snow that we get right in case we shut down for snow you know (laughs) or uh, whatever it is or if there's a new event or new opportunity that pops up and it's kind of last minute that we can send that out and you get it immediately and uh, these days it's usually a little quicker than than getting an email notification or checking email. But um, that's good to do. So if you haven't done that, go ahead and do that. And I give you permission to take out your phones and do that now as well. I assume that that's what you'll be doing, right? Um, But uh, also another way to stay connected is through our prayer email list. And so this is uh, specifically for prayers. And so if you're not already on this, I would encourage you because you can not only send prayer requests for the church or anybody that's chosen to be on our email list, but you receive uh, you know, prayer requests. And so you can join the rest of us in praying, praying for people in need, whether they are people in our congregation or close family and friends that we need to lift up to the Lord in prayer. This is a great way. Uh, to include that. So we don't send out these prayer requests to everybody that's on our general email list. This is specifically for those who want to be those prayer partners and their prayer, those prayer warriors uh, to help us to pray for one another. We know, of course, that's an important part of the life of a Christian, isn't it? Just praying, praying to the Lord and praying for one another. And so make sure that you join us on that email list. And then finally next week yes it is the beginning of uh, not only a new month but a new year next Sunday is January 2nd and actually this morning as I was finishing up preparations I had to check my calendar so it's like I think next week is actually January and yes it is next Sunday is January 2nd and so we have our of course communion we we um, we get to remember together the Lord's sacrifice and his death on the cross. And, and then we, uh, we do that as we close our service through the breaking of the uh, bread and the taking of the cup, repridden for us. But then, of course, after that, we uh, conclude after our service, and we have a great time of fellowship uh, around some good food. And so that will be next Sunday. And so you'll get an email reminder, but spread the word. And so uh, please bring a dish for yourself, your family, and enough to share. Uh, we want to be able to just enjoy some good time of fellowship. And so that's also a great time. I mean, every Sunday is a good time to invite people that you've been uh, sharing your faith with. But a fellowship Sunday, the first Sunday of the month, is, is a great opportunity for uh, people that are still seeking the Lord or, or interested, want to know more about it. Maybe your neighbor or a coworker, somebody you've been sharing your faith with, invite them out because they'll, they'll see true, authentic worship. Uh, of the Lord Jesus and get to share a meal together in in a very um, casual, you know, uh, way to be able to uh, meet some good people. And so that is next Sunday. And so what is today? Today is the day after Christmas. How often does this happen that we celebrate Christmas with our close friends and family and then the next day we are back here at church. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to look at one part of the Christmas story now if you were here with us a couple of nights ago for our special uh, Christmas Eve candlelight service you remember that we looked at Luke chapter 2 uh, the very famous uh, story at the beginning of the book of Luke of of course the birth of the Lord Jesus and we talked about how we got to meet some interesting people and and how uh, the people were affected by the angels coming and proclaiming the good news of great joy. That was our theme. As the previous week, we talked about the other three traditional themes of the Advent season. Advent just meaning beholding, like the coming, anticipation of something. And so our Advent season is about anticipating uh, the birth of Jesus Christ. And so we looked at the great themes of love and hope and peace. And then, of course, on Christmas Eve, we finished up with talking about joy. And we looked at Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20, but this morning I want to kind of hone in on verses 16 to 20. And they won't be up on the screen. You can open your Bibles, uh, or open your Bible app, you can use those as well. But Luke chapter 2, verses 16 to 20, familiar words, and in just a minute I'll read that. Because this morning we're going to look at what it means the day after Christmas, where we put so much emphasis on Christmas, and as we should, we know as Christians we, we remember and celebrate The arrival of Messiah every day, don't we? That's our calling. Part of being a disciple is remembering that a Savior was born to us, not just one day a year, but every day. But it's good and it's right. And some of these traditions are very helpful and and wonderful and beneficial to us as we set aside a season and particularly a day each year to remember and celebrate the fact that God uh, made good on His promise uh, and sent us the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah. But you know, there's a part of this Christmas story that I think often gets overlooked. So last night as I was finishing up my preparations and just kind of you know, glancing over the, the message and the flow of service for this morning, uh, I was doing that in the living room and in the background I heard a movie playing. And one of the things that we love to do at Christmas as a family is we like to... Um, to watch Christmas movies together. And, and I'm, I'm sure many of you like to do that as well. And we have our favorite movies. But last night, as I was um, just going over my sermon notes, uh, in the background was playing that movie Elf. You know that movie? The movie Elf. And uh, it's a very funny movie. And, um, uh, you know, it was playing on in the background. And we, we watch it every year. And uh, we enjoy watching that together as a family. But in the beginning of the movie, they're they're talking about the, um, you know, the elves are together, of course, in Santa's workshop, and and they're getting, uh, making the last minute preparations, and and making all the toys, and and getting ready, and they're going over the three codes for the elves. It's the elves codes. And if you've ever seen the movie, you know the elf code is this. There's three parts. One is treat every day like Christmas. That's good, right? Just treat every day like Christmas. Number two, there's room for everyone on the nice list. Well, that's good. Actually, that can be biblical, right? There's There is an offering for the goodness of God and Jesus Christ, of course, for everyone. But then the third one in the elf code that they all have to recite together is the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. And it's a theme throughout the movie. And then, you know, what's interesting is when the Christmas preparation is over in in the movie and they've made all the toys, what happens is they celebrate and then they say, let's get ready for next Christmas. And they go right back to work preparing for Christmas. So what is the day after Christmas look like for you? Did you wake up this morning and go online and start looking for gifts for your loved ones for next Christmas? Are you preparing like the elves do in that movie? Getting ready for next Christmas? Many of us are just like, no, we kind of need a break from that right and we get to enjoy some time with family and friends some downtime, and often this week between Christmas and New Year's is a a week that many people have off from work and you're relaxing and it's good because you can also reflect on what you just celebrated but you're reflecting on the year that is behind and looking forward to the year ahead that will begin in less than a week. So what happens the day After Christmas. You know, there's so much that goes into preparation for Christmas, not only a a Christmas Eve service, but the buying of all the gifts, the inviting of all the friends and family over, just rearranging schedules and making sure that you've gotten everything to, to put in the kids' stockings, and all of the preparations that we make. What happens on the day? after Christmas? Well, in our passage today in Luke chapter 2, verses 16 to 20, that's what we're going to look at. Just very simply, what happened on the day after Christmas? And what does it mean to us? There's much application here for us, so much for us to glean about what happened the day after Christmas, and what does it look like for us? Today is the day after Christmas, literally, but what happens as the days progress, and Christmas is kind of further and further in the rearview mirror? What do we take away from Christmas and from this story that happened over 2,000 years ago, the day after Christmas? Jesus Christ was born. Here's what it says in Luke chapter 2, verses 16 to 20. You can read along in your Bibles with me. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Of course, we're talking about the shepherds. as they had been told. The shepherds, they heard and they saw. See, after the events that we looked at two days ago, and after the events we tend to focus on of the the angel coming and, and, and declaring with the glory shining all around the shepherds, that today in the city of David... A savior was born. It was it was the message of good news of great joy, wasn't it? For all people, not just the shepherds, but for the whole world, good news of great joy. But what did the shepherds do next? It said that they hurried, they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. They heard this amazing declaration that could only come from heaven through the voice of an angel. Can you imagine what happened after that when the angels left? The shepherds looked at each other and what do you think they said to one another? What do we do now? And one of them had the bright idea, let's go see if it's true. It must be true because an angel just appeared. Remember, they were full of fear and the angel said, don't be afraid. See, the beginning of the Gospel of Luke talks a lot about surprise and and, and awe and wonder you know, it says that, that um, Elizabeth and Zechariah, they were surprised at the news from the angel. Mary was surprised at the news from an angel. The shepherds were surprised at the news from an angel. Boy, an angel has an important part in this story, doesn't it? Because remember, for 400 years there was silence, and then God bursts on the scene and declares that he is about to make his promise come to fruition. But what did the shepherds do next? For they also were surprised and and taken aback in awe and wonder about the news that was given. Remember, it wasn't just that the angel appeared. It wasn't like the angel appeared and the the glory of the Lord shone all around them and there was awesome music and then they left. No, it was the words that were spoken to them. It was words of good news and great joy. And so it says they hurried off and they found them, Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus, lying in the manger. Now that right there is a miracle, because why would a baby be lying in a manger? But yet they found him, and his parents, just as they were told by the angel. And it says in verse 17, and here is the crust of our our message for this morning. When they had seen him, so they saw Mary, and they saw Joseph, they said, hello, how are you, how are you? An angel sent us, right? And they saw the baby Jesus, It says, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about about this child. They spread the word. Do you see, whenever at church we talk about missions or we talk about evangelism or we talk about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, The passage that always comes up is what's called the Great Commission, right, at the end of the Gospel of Matthew. And it's when Jesus is commissioning his disciples for one last time, and what does he tell them? He says, go to all the world and make disciples, right, to make disciples. We know that. It is the commissioning call of all missionaries, and actually for all of us, that we are to go Make disciples, sharing the good news. Jesus says, baptizing them and teaching them, right? But who were really the first evangelists? It was the shepherds. Now, of course, they didn't have what we would call the full gospel. They didn't know, of course, about the, the full ministry of Jesus and of certainly not about his death and resurrection. See, Jesus had just been born. But what they did have was still good news. That's important to understand, church. Because what does the word gospel mean? It means good news. And see, the angels came and proclaimed good news of great joy for all the people and so the shepherds went and saw and experienced Jesus they turned around and on the next day the day after Christmas they went and they told of what they had seen they spread the word concerning all that had been told them about the child Isn't that amazing now they had just seen that they were so moved and changed and transformed by this truth this good news they could not keep it in they went and told everybody they could and then in verse 18 it says and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them See that they were so transformed by meeting Jesus himself even as a baby, the truth of the good news of Jesus Christ. They could not contain it. So they went and they told and they shared. The shepherds spread the good news at the beginning of Jesus' life on earth. And then when Jesus is about to leave this earth, he then commissions the disciples and he tells them, after, right when he's about to ascend back to the Father. And he tells them at the end of his life to go and tell people about me. See, from start to finish, from his birth to his death to his resurrection, it's all about that good news of how it transforms us. And then we are to take that good news and to go and tell it. We sing often at this time of year, go tell it on the mountains. What That Jesus Christ was born, right? We are to go tell it. Why? Go tell it on the mountain. Go tell it where everybody can hear you. See, so the day after Christmas for the shepherds was not about going home and just hanging out and kind of reflecting on what happened. They went and they told because they were so changed. Church, Is that what it's like for us? Because every day we get to meet with the Lord Jesus. He lives within us as believers. And so we have him within us. He is always there. But are we so changed and transfixed on the Lord Jesus Christ that as believers we then say, yes, I want to be your follower and I want to tell all the people that you bring into my life, God, I want to tell them all about the good news that Jesus Christ was born. So here's a few things to just keep in mind this Christmas season. As we talk about and meet here the day after Christmas, let our focus be on what happened with the shepherds that after they went and they saw and they were completely changed, they experienced the Lord Jesus, just like we do at that moment of salvation, what did they do next? They went and they spread the word. You know, that's what we're called to do, to go and spread the word. It wasn't just those 12 disciples that Jesus met with when he said, go and make disciples of all the nations. No, that word is for all of us. So how do we do that? And and why is this time of year maybe a, a good, unique, particular time to think about sharing the gospel? See, we don't often do that. At Christmas, we think about celebrating the birth of jesus as we should and we give gifts as is good and right because we remember the gift that was given to us but what do we do with that gift church what do we do with that gift we go and we tell other people about the gift we have received you talk to any friends and family that you weren't with yesterday and they, what do they ask you what'd you get for christmas What did you get for Christmas? You tell them about all the things that you got. And see, as believers, we are to tell others about the gift that we have. When people see something different about us, they say, what is it about you? Or why are you always going to that church? Why are you always listening to a Christian radio station? How come you're always reading your Bible at lunch? What is that all about? Why do you always have a smile on your face, Andrew? (laughs) And you get to tell them. You get to tell them, it's about this wonderful gift that I received, and that's how we spend the rest of our lives, walking with Jesus, that we continually meet with him and experience him just like the shepherds did on that first Christmas day, but then we also get to tell others. See, the shepherds ran and they hurried to see if it was true, and they experienced the Lord Jesus. Their lives were changed, and they went and they told others. So how do we do that? I suggest first we start with prayer. Jesus taught us to pray, didn't he? Jesus spent 40 days fasting in the desert before beginning his ministry. Fasting and praying, setting his time aside to spend time with the Father, being with the Father, fasting and praying, getting ready for his ministry. Well, as we prepare each and every day, prepare to go and live out the gospel and to share the good news of great joy that there is a Savior who has been given to us, in a world that is silent about it, in a world that is dark and needs that hope, let's pray. He also took time away from the crowds. Even as Jesus prepared for his ministry by praying throughout his ministry, he often had to leave the crowds and the disciples and he went by himself and he went alone to a place of solitude to pray. So we pray before we go and share the gospel. We pray throughout the process and we follow Christ's example. Let us pray. We can follow his example. Let's just talk to God before we step out into the world the day after Christmas and tell others about that wonderful gift we have been given. Be intentional with your prayers Ask God to give you opportunities to share your faith, to proclaim that good news like the shepherds did. Maybe you look back on this year and just say, I didn't do that much this year. I, I did a little, but I want to do more with that. Maybe that's a prayer for you going into the new year. Say, God, give me those opportunities, what we often might call those divine appointments. And then, yes, there is that saying, be careful what you pray for. Well, you know what? Pray and anticipate that God will answer those prayers. It's like if you're going to pray for rain, you bring an umbrella because you're praying for rain and expecting God to answer those prayers. Well, I think if we're praying, God, give us those opportunities to tell others about you, God will give you those opportunities, won't he? And maybe he has and we haven't recognized him. So perhaps your prayer can include, God, give me ears to hear and eyes to see. A very popular saying by Jesus Christ himself. He said it often. God, give me the ears to hear when somebody says something that might show me that they're open to the gospel, to know when it's right to say something and when to be silent. God, give me eyes to see where I may go and whose presence I might be able to be in and where I can be best placed to tell others about you. Be intentional about praying for opportunities. This time of year, church, is often a wonderful time because people are a little more sensitive. Even those, of course, that don't even know they're searching or that they need the hope and peace found in Jesus alone, they are more sensitive to spiritual things. They hear it and they see it, and so their ears might be a little more open. Their eyes might be a little more open. Now is a wonderful time to tell others about Jesus, but start with praying. Maybe even in your prayers say, God, just remind me of those specific people in my life that you want me to reach and pray that God would bring those people closer to you and that you would have those eyes to see who these people are and that God would draw those people closer to himself this Christmas. And perhaps in your prayers include a prayer asking God for wisdom and discernment for yourself and knowing how to best love the people. You know, the most loving thing you can do, the greatest gift that you can give people is to tell them about Jesus Christ. This is a wonderful time of year to do that. So we start with prayer about sharing the gospel at Christmas time and spreading the word like the shepherds did. But then what about after prayer? How about service? How about we go and serve somebody? You know, I learned many years ago, if you're if you're struggling with depression, you're struggling with anxiety. One of the first things a counselor will tell you is, go and help somebody. Go serve somebody. Take the focus off yourself and go help somebody. Maybe you help them move. Maybe you help bring them a meal. Maybe you love to bake, so you bake something and just bring it and bring somebody some some fresh baked um, goods. You know, and and maybe it's it's about. Um, doing something that you love for somebody else, an act of service. And again, we follow Christ's example. Not only did he pray before his ministry and during his ministry, what did Jesus do during his ministry? He healed the sick. He fed the hungry. He gave hope to the broken. He didn't just preach the message. He met those physical, emotional and the spiritual needs. You remember when the man that was crippled was lowered down in front of him in that house that was packed with people? What did he do? First, he said, your sins are forgiven. But of course, all the people were waiting for Jesus to heal him physically. But first, he said, your sins are forgiven. That's first and foremost, because Jesus heals hearts. But see, also Jesus healed the sick. He healed the sick. He raised from the dead. I mean, we can pray, God, help me. Show me how I can serve somebody. Show me how I can go help somebody's physical need. Maybe it's taking a blessing bag from our table in the lobby, keeping it in your car and praying, God, how about this week? God, I want to be intentional with my prayers. God, help me to serve somebody. Show me, bring me somebody that is in need that I can give this blessing bag to. And then start a conversation and tell them about you, Jesus. See? We pray and then we can serve following Jesus' example. It can be easy to forget amidst all the, the Christmas cheer and festivities that there are many people that are truly hurting this time of year. And I guarantee we all know people in our lives, in our close circle of friends and family, where this is a very difficult time of year for many reasons, whether it's visibly or just beneath the surface. Consider how you can love the people around you and help meet their needs this time of year. Maybe it's volunteering with a charity or organization that helps people struggling with homelessness or dropping off some, uh, something that you've made, something special. Maybe it's, it's offering to to snub to, uh, shovel some snow on your neighbor's driveway if it ever snows again. Mm. It can be easier to believe oftentimes that Jesus loves you when one of his followers, followers have shown that love to you. I mean, it, obviously the words we speak are the most important because we have to tell them the good news of Jesus Christ, but we can often accompany it We can can bring along with those words of truth and good news of great joy with an act of service, of loving kindness, and helping somebody in some way. Include that in your prayers, that God would give you opportunities to do just that. But also, this be open to those opportunities. I mean, it's one thing to ask God to to open those doors and show us the people, bring people into our lives, right, every day as we're we're living our daily lives to be able to tell people about Jesus just like the shepherds did, but we need to be ready and willing to take advantage of those opportunities because they can come up at a moment's notice. I mean, a spiritual conversation can stem from a very simple question. You, You might not know when it's gonna happen, especially this time of year the day and the days after Christmas, people might be more in tune with asking questions of a spiritual nature. Maybe there's a friend or a family member or a neighbor who has previously shown no interest in either going to church or hearing about your Jesus. They may just be waiting for an invitation. You never know. Just be ready to listen, to to ask questions and to find out what their story is and where they're coming from, pray for the opportunities, but then be ready for those opportunities. We are called, in 1 Peter 3:15, to always be ready to give an account of the hope that is within us, aren't we? We have that hope. We have the peace and the love and the joy that we, we talk a lot about this Christmas season. Are we ready? To take advantage of this opportunity. So, what else? We can tell them about the birth of Jesus Christ, but then we are to move beyond the Christmas story. It can start there about how Jesus Christ was born and the meaning of Christmas, but then as to share that gospel, the good news of Jesus, that is great joy for the whole world. That's a great starting point. But then we are to tell people why he came. And what he grew to do and what he taught us. And then of course, most importantly, what he was born to do. And he was born to give himself for us. See, and then we can share the gospel about his death and his resurrection. So let's remember that, that we can start our, our, our gospel story and sharing the good news of great joy with people with the birth of Jesus Christ. But then we move on from Christmas and tell them about the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then I think finally, what do we do? We leave it to God. We leave it to God. We can pray and and, uh, be prepared and we can ask God to show us these opportunities and we pray for wisdom. And discernment, and we need to be ready to take advantage of them. But you know what's also really good news? That in the end, it's not up to us. We don't do the saving. Did you know that? It's God that does the saving. It can be easy to feel discouraged when it comes to sharing the good news. All our efforts sometimes feel fruitless, but the Bible is very clear we can't save people, God does the saving. Sometimes, we need to know when it's the right time to take a step back. Some people won't be interested in engaging in a full on spiritual conversation about Jesus for all different reasons. But we're called to share the good news with those who want to hear it. And so we pray God, show me those people and help me to be sensitive in those times of conversation. By taking the time to pray, and to serve and to love someone at Christmas, you can be planting a seed. You know, we celebrate Christmas by giving gifts, and we do it in the name of Jesus because he is the greatest gift given to us. The greatest gift we can give other people is the good news about that Jesus. We might not that seed grow. Oftentimes that's the case. Did you ever experience that? That, that's really the, the normative experience of a Christian is that you plant the, she, the seed and you tell people about Jesus and most often we don't get to see that seed you know, watered and to grow and people come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. But that's okay because what does Christ call us to do? to plant the seed, to tell others about him. It's just what the shepherds did on that night over 2,000 years ago. They went and they saw, and the next day, the day after Christmas, as they left that place, they went and they told others. And again, it says in our passage that, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. And then finally, in verse 20 of Luke chapter 2, it said, after all that, the shepherds returned. And what did they do? Glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. When you open your Bible, you can be 100% confident that it is as it says it is. And anything that talks about the future, it will happen as it says it will happen. We can have complete confidence in the Word of God, can't we, church? And so therefore, as the shepherds, just as they did, they went glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen because it all happened just as they had been told. As I mentioned on Christmas Eve, the shepherds eventually had to go back to being shepherds, right? Right? They had to go back to shepherding their sheep and taking care of them, make sure they they had grass to eat and and water to drink, and they had to go about their daily routine just like we do. Maybe many of you have to go back to work tomorrow, and sorry, I said the word. Mm. But we go back to our normal lives, our daily lives, right? Right? We take care of the kids and we go to work and we have to cook meals and eat the meals and take care of our homes and see family and friends. All the things that we do on a regular basis, it's the life that we live. And yet as believers, like the shepherds, their lives were changed forever. And so they see everything different. And even in those mundane daily tasks, they're still able to glorify and praise God because everything they experienced, everything that they saw and heard, was exactly true. Everything that Jesus proclaims is true. Everything the word of God tells us is true and we can stand firmly and confidently on that. So even as the shepherds went back to their daily routines and after Christmas, we eventually go back to our daily routines, just like the shepherds that said they were glorifying and praising God. Church, let's do that each and every day. Whatever that looks like for us, let us glorify God. Give him all the glory for all that he's doing in our lives, glorifying and praising God, giving him the thanks and the glory and praising him every step of the way. Church, not just on Sundays. Let that be part of your prayer as you you pray. God, give me opportunities to share the good news and pray perhaps, God, this year, I want to draw closer to you and this year, I want to go about my days glorifying and praising God. You know, there's a wonderful little book written many years ago called Practicing the Presence of God, I believe it's called, uh, written by Brother Lawrence, a monk, and in that really well-known and famous book, um, there's just a great picture of this humble servant of God living in a monastery, how he talks about how he discovered the ability to bring glory and praise to God, even by washing the dishes, even by preparing food, mopping the floor, taking care of the other monks in his monastery. Do you see, why is that so powerful and important? Because that's how we spend most of our lives, see? See? The shepherds had to go back to their routines. We go back the day after Christmas to our daily routines, but yet we are still to be glorifying and praising God, even in the mundane tasks of the everyday. We can give God the glory for it all. So let's do what the shepherds did, and we see And know that the Lord is good. They went and they saw him and experienced the Lord Jesus. And then they went and they told everybody else they could about it. Scripture says everybody was amazed. You might not even see it. And you might not know it at the time. But this story of amazing love and amazing grace in Jesus Christ can only do that. Bring awe and wonder and amazement to people as God draws them closer to himself. So let's continue to serve those people around us, building relationships, living and preaching the gospel as God gives us opportunities. Amen? Let's stand together and pray. Father God, I'm so thankful to be able to be in this place where we can honor you and Be reminded from your word, your powerful word that never lets us down or leads us astray, that we are to go glorifying and praising God for all that we have seen and experienced in the Lord Jesus Christ. Father God, this time of year, the day after Christmas, may our days after Christmas be filled with wonder and awe and amazement as the shepherd's days were. May our days after Christmas be filled with sharing the gospel, the good news about the birth of the Savior, the good news about the Savior who came to give his life for us, the good news that our Savior is no longer on the cross, but that he is risen. The good news is that he did what he did for all of us. Father God, help us to live it out by serving each other. Help us to live it out by telling each other, that good news, reminding each other to be encouraged about it and to go tell others that need to hear it. Father God, we are so thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ. God, yes, this time of year, we remember that greatest gift given to us. May we treasure that gift and all that it means. God, help us to continue to open the beauty of that gift each and every day and to go tell others about it. And then we'll give you all the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Church, so good to see you. Enjoy the week.